because they say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Well, that's only half of it, if, if that. Um, the first step is admitting that you're powerless over that problem entirely. You know, and if you're powerless over it the same way as me, then honestly, I, I, I have yet to see a solution outside of walking into a room, asking somebody for help, and doing everything they say for the entirety of those 12 steps. You know, I would say that 12-step recovery program really is, in and of itself, the ultimate solution to, you know, finding a way out of addiction and alcoholism of the hopeless variety is what we call it. Welcome to the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Whedon. Having lived through the lows of depression and anxiety myself, I reestablished my foundation by focusing on four pillars, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial well-being. And I'm here to help you do the same. My guests and I will share our journey with you, stories of triumph, and personal development tools to empower you to live a life without limits. As ambitious people, we know what it's like to face challenges. We're not meant to do this life alone. I'm here to help you take your power back. What's up, guys? This is the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Whedon. Today's guest is Luke Holden, musician, creative writer, and director for an entertainment company based in Nashville. Luke is a recovering addict who's been clean and sober for four and a half years now, and I'm excited to dive into his story with you all. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know you reached out and I love, since I added that form on Instagram, I've gotten quite a few people reach out and say, hey man, I'd love to be on your podcast. And you actually heard um, a peer of yours on our episode, on, on one of our episodes, and then you reached out right after that. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it was Ben Delacour, who's a very good friend of mine and pseudo co-worker, former, former co-worker. Um, he works at the youth rehab facility here in Nashville that I worked at um, for about a year, although our paths didn't cross professionally. Um, <clears throat> he started working there after the fact, but, um, you know, we became close. So I saw that he was on your guys' platform. I wanted to reach out. And I mean, we all have things to say. So... <laughs> Look, we all have a story and that's exactly what this podcast is for, to tell those stories. So um, yeah, man, let's let's dive in a little bit. I know you are a musician just like Ben. Um, let's let's talk about how that got started and and let's talk about a little bit of the ups and downs because we know traveling, um, what the road has to offer, especially as a musician, isn't always uh you know, the easiest path, right? And so let's just, uh, let's dive into that a little bit. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, as far as traveling goes, I seldom travel. I, I, I admittedly hate to travel, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which in the age of, hey, you know what, traveling is how you find yourself. And we post about it all in our Instagram stories, you know what I mean? I've dedicated art and music to <laughs> how much I hate traveling. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I've never toured. Uh, I've played locally here in Nashville and, you know, I have sort of coveted uh, a community and 
a, a professional avenue that I really, really love. Um, obviously, you know, it, it, if it took me elsewhere for uh, a temporary amount of time, I would absolutely do it, um, whether that's touring or some other kind of endeavor. Um, but, you know, as far as the living out of a van, um, you know, uh, eating at truck stops, what have you, uh, I have yet to entertain that life, although I'm sure it's riveting in its own way, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I um, I definitely am the type of person that could do van life uh, for a period of time. All and- you. <laughs> That's what I All keep you. hearing. That's what I keep hearing. So yeah, um, one day, one day I'll uh, dive into that. But um, well, okay. So you're you're performing locally, and so I'm assuming your path through addiction, your path through wanting to help others in that space as well, didn't come from music. Then, so let's let's talk about how how um, all of that got started, and and then you know your path of recovery. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, you know, Chris, it's a as far as pointing to one particular, you know, we'll say catalyst. Um, where did it all begin? Um, I certainly wouldn't say that it conceived itself in in a life of playing music. I mean, you hear all of these fabled stories about rock stars who, you know, were living off of heroin, 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 and more heroin. You know, uh, it's that's just life. That's just life kind of thing. No, I mean, for me. It was less just the life as much as it was. That's just me. Um, You know, there are things I can point to throughout the entirety of my existence that um, are indicative of what an addict is, those attributes, you know, uh, as a child. I mean, I and the funny thing is this is a lot of people point to childhood trauma and they say, well, that is where it all started. Well, for me, man, you know, I had a happy childhood. You know, I'm still very close with my parents and my sisters, you know, very wholesome, you know, supportive, loving, mutually loving and supportive and communicative um, group of people who I call my blood. And I don't take that for granted to this day. And there was no significant trauma. Having said that, um, if there was anything that I suppose kicked that off, you know, as a child, I, I. I've always been mentally eccentric in my own way, you know, obsessive in um, so many ways. If there was something I loved or something, you know, I was really into, it was like, it was obsession, you know, and I still, to this day, you know, if there's something I love, if there's a new subject or a new, call it what you will, man, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. You know, I I just, I want to live that. I want to tattoo it on my body, Um, (laughs) you know, and I also thought deeply and, and intensely almost to a fault about certain things as a kid. And, you know, that, that never went away. Um, so really that just set the stage for, you know, uh, a, a hyper obsessive infatuation with substances that, you know, became a little more gradual over the years. I was a big drinker in high school that loved to drink, big drinker throughout college. Um, and then, you know, at the end of college, it was more, you know, let's smoke weed, let's blow cocaine, let's do a bunch of LSD, which ultimately rolled into, you know, let's take a ton of sleeping pills and, you know, let's take a bunch of opiates and that let's was maneuverable in the sense that, you know, that included multiple people around me or myself. Most of the time it was just me, you know what I mean? And when I was just getting messed up on a Tuesday by myself, you know, on fentanyl patches and, um, you know, a six pack of beer, I thought maybe there's something wrong, but that didn't stop me. So, 
Yeah. So yeah. what was it that um, that really triggered you to say, hey, Luke, wake up, man. I don't want to go down this path anymore. Um, I know we all have uh, that moment. So, Well, we call that rock bottom. <laughs> um, some people hit it multiple times. Um, and that bottom gets lower and lower and lower um, every time you do hit it. For me, man, it, it was in 2019. I was just... I mean, I was emaciated. I, I physically looked like a skeleton. Um, I was not in control. Um, I, I, I was finally understanding of that. I couldn't go home. I was, uh, <clears throat> you know, found myself in court. Um, if I were to go home to my apartment, I would have been arrested. And I just realized that You know, everything was totally full-fledged, unbelievably unmanageable and chaotic in a way that now it's scary. Now it's actually scary. Now I'm worried about losing those things that I said I didn't give a damn about, you know, including and especially my life. And that's when I said, you know what? Okay, I don't want to die. I don't want my life to fall apart. I do care about those things. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to not feel this way anymore you know it wasn't even necessarily what could happen what's going to happen it's i can't feel this way anymore this shit i'm sorry am i allowed to say that on this yeah you're good you're good okay (laughs) this shit (laughs) is not doing it anymore Mm -hmm. um i just i i i came to hate the substances i really did yeah 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 there's rock bottom looks different for all of us right I like that you you mentioned you can hit rock bottom multiple times and and it's gonna get that rock bottom gets worse, right? The 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 more you hit it, that that target shifts. And I know for me when I was on my journey. Are you in recovery? I, not in recovery, just a journey of of personal development and looking sure. in the mirror and realizing like Bro, the behavior, the patterns, the the partying, the stuff that you're doing right now doesn't fit who you are. To a recovery core. all the same in and of itself. Right, right. And, yeah. and and I knew it, right? Like I could look in the mirror and, and tell that I wasn't happy. That I was trying to fill some sort of void. Um, I'm fortunate that it didn't take me down a path to where I I was in recovery and I was able to to kind of pull myself out. I, I won't say on my own. Um, I had a community of people that um, that I could lean on and turn to, even if they didn't really know what was going on. Right. Um, right. And fitness has always been a huge part of my life. And so take it that takes a toll on you and you're you're partying all weekend and then you wake up and it's like, well, now I have to go work out and I feel like crap. <laughs> like eventually, <laughs> you know, something's going to go off and you're like, yeah, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like I don't right. want to fill a void with substances. Um, there, there's something missing. And um, yeah, what? So you get to that point where you're like, okay, Luke, let's 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 change this. Let's change the narrative. Um, talk a, a little bit about those next steps for because if if somebody's listening to this and they're struggling in their own journey, how can they seek the help that they need? And because there's a lot of resources, 
and what is the like best next step? Sure. Well, next best step, including all 12 of them. Um, <laughs> I guess that's an answer in and of itself. Um, if you're somebody like me, you know, because there are varying degrees of abusers, addicts in a sense, you know, um, but someone like me where <clears throat> no ultimatum in the world, whether it's you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your family, you're going to lose your life, you're going to lose your health. No ultimatum in the world, no reality is going to make you stop on your own. Because no matter what it is, no matter what I'm posed with, no matter what I can absorb in that moment and really say, okay, the stakes are too high, I can't do this anymore, it'll it'll dissipate in good time um, because I know what I really want and I know what that obsession, which is a thought that outweighs all others. Um, I know what my nature is and my nature is to get fucked up. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I... Uh, if you're somebody like that, if you're somebody who not only because they say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Well, that's only half of it. If, if that um, the first step is admitting that you're powerless over that problem entirely, you know, and if you're powerless over it the same way as me, then honestly, I, I, I have yet to see a solution outside of walking into a room, asking somebody for help and doing everything they say for the entirety of those 12 steps. You know, I would say that 12 step recovery program really is in and of itself, the ultimate solution to, you know, finding a way out of addiction and alcoholism of the hopeless variety is what we call it. And I have yeah. no shame in saying that some people say, well, you know, that's marginalizing, but you know, man, if you can find another solution by all means, you know, that, that that's great. I genuinely encourage you to do so, but I know what works for me and for the people who I take advice from. So if it's something you want to be a part of and there's never a meeting far away. Yeah, absolutely. I know the, for me, when I was going through my mental health journey and battle, which it's a journey, right? So it's something I'll be, well, I'm actually through. curious about yours as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mental health actually took a turn during, during COVID, uh, 20, 2020, 2021 um, is when it was really bad, but I, I got COVID November, 2020 and physically, you know, it took some time for my body to recover, maybe, maybe a month and a half, two months, something like that. Um, but mentally I was not like, I wasn't back. Right. It was, there was, there was a lag, there was something going on. And I remember talking to my employer, telling them, Hey, not feeling, not feeling, you know, how I normally do. Um, Where were you working? I was working for a local company here. I wasn't traveling anymore. Like, obviously, it was COVID. So either way, I wouldn't have been traveling. But right. um, yeah, local company here. And I was in sales, not happy with what I was doing. And, and so that didn't help either. But at my lowest point, when I start pushing people away, that's how I know I'm, I'm in my depression. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I stop answering the phone and my roommates are, you know, coming by knocking on the door. Hey, you want to come out? I'm like, nah, and, you know, and, um, ordering Uber eats groceries and all of that stuff. But the one positive thing that I would do because I have a background in professional soccer is I would leave at least one time to go for a run or to go to the gym. And then I'd go right back into my darkness. And right. so, when it when I had my own place, 
same thing, right? Um, and I will say after my granddad passed and I started dealing with that grief and that loss on top of my anxiety and, and on top of my depression, that's when I realized like my foundation was destroyed. I'm in the, I'm in the gym and I'm crying, right? Like mm -hmm. the crying to go to bed at night didn't really bother me. It was the crying in the gym that I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't. Do it this doesn't tomorrow. make a very gym selfie, no. does it? No, no. <laughs> you watch you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia by chance? I've seen it, but I don't watch it on a regular. Oh, there's a scene where like the two of the characters are like, you know, they're taking steroids and then <laughs> like just sobbing and eating and working. It's just this like hilarious, you know, up and down just sort of tableau of, of that kind of agony, but go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's how I felt. I was like, what the heck I've, I've trained my whole life. I've never experienced this. Um, and, and I tell people jokingly and I'm serious. I'm like, if you Google that, that says you're broken. Like you're, right. <laughs> you're literally broken. And mm -hmm. so it was me seeking help telling my family one, Hey, I'm not okay. Um, this is what's been going on. And then two seeking help professionally. Right. Like right. that's that's what it took. It took um, me hitting rock bottom, if you will, my rock bottom um, of course. to seek help. So I love I love that you discussed that because we all have a rock bottom that we can hit um, just as human beings. Right. Our, my journey might look different than yours, but it took me seeking help. It took me going to seek professional help just like you did and saying, hey, I'm not OK. Right. Right. Well, you know what? I, I, I think that I, I'm, I'm confident in, <clears throat> you know, the notion that in that way we are very much cut from the same cloth. Um, I, I think because what, when it comes down to it, my problem is not substances. You know, my problem is pretty much what you just described is that, that tendency to just recluse and sort of stew in my own just darkness and, and, you know, not ask for help, refuse to accept that I need help. You know, a lot of it is just that, 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 that boiling, just smoldering feeling of emptiness and sorrow and confusion and chaos, you know, and fear is what it really is. All of these, all of these feelings of, of dread, all these feelings of anger, especially because man, I tell you, resentment, mm. just being mad at everything, hate. That was like my drug of choice. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, it's all fear, man. It's all fear being masked as, some, as something else. And, um, you know, my, I, I tell you, the side effect of it all, you know, the ultimate symptom is my, my use. But my problem is very much what you just described about yourself is, is that sort of cowboy attitude of I, I, I'm going to do this on my own, even if it means doing nothing. Um, and I'm not going to invite other people in because what do those people do? The people who love you, they're going to hold you accountable. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're going to they're gonna hold a big mirror in your face and say, this is what you look like. This is what you're doing. Yeah. And I know I don't want to face that because it means I have to actually work on changing and I have to work on fixing those things. And, you know, um, you know what that's like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what yeah. it's like to want to barricade the door and not talk to anybody. It's and it's one of those things where, again, when I, I started my my personal development journey in 2017, and it's it's one of those things that I don't know that I would have had the the courage to ask for help 
if I didn't start back then, right? Because I started right. developing the tools and I started doing the journaling and, and practicing the affirmations and, and that stuff was good, but I forgot to go back to that. And, and I, and to be quite honest, I don't think that would have helped anyway, right? Not, not where I was. Um, but then when I started therapy, right. And I start getting this stuff off my chest and I'm starting, I'm reminded of who I actually am, not the fear that I've brought into that room with me, but the, the, the confidence, the faith, the strength that I actually have, all the things that we've overcome. You know, if you're listening to this episode, uh, you're listening to two men that have overcome and are sharing their stories with you in the same way that you've overcome exactly what you've overcome, right? That, that means, that tells me already that there's strength, there's confidence there. So if we can remember all of those times we were able to overcome situations even when it was ugly, right? Sometimes, sometimes you're crawling out, but you overcame it. That's beauty. That's strength. Right. Well, you know, you said something interesting in there where you said, I, I, I couldn't do it by myself. You know, um, you're damn right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care if your drug of choice is, you know, uh, opiates and sleeping pills or going to the gym and total seclusion. What you just said, where I, I realized I could not do it by myself, you know, where my internal compass in that way is kind of broken, where I did need to humble myself and ask for help. You know, I tell you, man, um, when you get to that point, when you're finally willing to do whatever it takes to just be okay, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the sweet spot. It really is. Um, because it means I'm finally admitting that I'm powerless over some things and I'm not right about everything. And if I were right about everything, we'd all be screwed. We would be, you know what I mean? Because I just assume the absolute worst, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to listen to somebody else. I'm going to invite somebody in and, and, and just let them empathize with me. And I'm going to do the same vice versa. I'm going to be vulnerable because there's a lot of power and vulnerability and I'm going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to accept help, you know, because yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I know as well as you know that, we can't do this stuff on our own, nor should we have to. Thank God we don't have to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love there is there's true power and vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. And um, something I'm, I'm going to share because you mentioned fear. And so I, I was in therapy this week. And the first question that my therapist asked when I walked in, he was like, Chris, do you feel safe right now? And I looked at him and I was like, uh, yeah why are you asking me that? <laughs> he was like, he's like, you can't BS me. And I'm gonna ask you again, do you feel safe right now? And I said, well, it's funny you ask. He's like, it's not funny. Do you feel safe right now? Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, well, this, this was, this is what is going on in me. Um, and this is the situation and, and, and I've just been pouring fear, fear, fear into, um, into my surroundings because I've been focused on my lack instead of all the wins and all the successes that I've, um, been accomplishing this year or recent. And he was like, you've, you've become addicted to the feeling of, of failure. And he was like, when's the last time you, he, he, the exercise was to write down all of my wins over the past week. 
I wrote them down and there was quite a few. Right. And, um, and it was good. It was good to write them down. He said, I'm going to, we're going to go down that list one by one. And I'm going to ask you a simple question. He's like, read off the first one. I read it. And he said, did you celebrate that? And I was like, no. He was like, okay, we're going to go to the next one. And then we just repeated that, that process. And he was like, you didn't celebrate one thing that you did. And you're sitting here and you're telling me all these wins that you've accomplished and, and the work that you do to help others and you pour into everyone around you, yet you're not taking your own advice. You're mm -hmm. not celebrating the, the small wins. You're, you're allowing the, the red, if you will, those, that, that little bit of fear or those little bit of things that you, that you know that you want to improve on and, and uh, whether it's finances or uh, whatever it is, right? You're allowing those small things to outweigh all of the amazing things that you've accomplished. Right. And until we get to the point where you start seeing yourself differently and you start allowing those wins to outweigh the fear, right? So now the opposite of fear is faith. And you, you've been walking by faith. You've been doing that, but you're still hanging on to that fear. You've become addicted to that feeling. He was like, we have to break that pattern. And right. when you mentioned fear earlier, that popped up in my head. I had to share it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, but, but you know, what did we say before that despite the fact that, you know, some of these ailments don't look the same, you know, uh, the, the malady in and of itself is very similar um, between you and myself and, you know, a myriad of other people. And, you know, that's where it all starts is empathy is like, hey, man, you, you know, you're not alone because we're so we're so prone as human beings um, to just assume that we're terminally unique, that we are special in the way that like, I, I, I'm screwed up in a way that you're not in a way you'll never understand. Well, first off, man, one of the best things I was ever told is you're not special in the sense that, you know, the world doesn't owe you anything, but also the world's not going out of its way to make sure that you're suffering any more than the next person, you know? So get out of your head, you know, you're not that special. And, you know, everything you just said about, you won't celebrate the wins. You won't look at those things that, you know, you have to be grateful for. Yeah. There it is. Gratitude. Yeah. Why? You know, I, I, I've resolved that gratitude among other things is, is like, it's a building block of happiness, you know, cause it means I'm content in this moment. It means that I'm able and willing to look at where I am right here, right now and be, and, and, and feel safe, yeah. you know, like you said, and free, safe and free. Yeah. Um, is, is being gracious, you know, which is why gratitude lists one, once upon a time saved my life, you know, one every single day, um, for a stretch of nine months. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, the story you just told reminds me of one, um, probably the most profound experience I've had in sobriety and, you know, my own personal journey of recovery was, it was a week after I met my initial sponsor in 2019. And, and, you know, I did not know this man. He didn't know me. Uh, all I knew was that he knew something I did not, and he had some kind of a solution I did not. I was willing to do whatever it took, whatever it took, or at least I thought, um, or, or is what I told him. And so we sat down and we got to talking about some things. And there's a part in that literature that says, you know, frothy emotional appeal never suffices, um, or seldom never. <clears throat> frothy emotional appeal being that thing where, like, you know, I'm talking about 
stuff. I'm, you know, I'm getting into, you know, my feelings, but in reality, I'm not. I'm just using flowery words that make it seem like I'm talking about the truth, but I just scathe over the truth of it all. Um, which, you know, somebody who loves using words and I love to write, I'm able to paint, you know, a Renaissance portrait of, of sentiment when in reality it just means shit. It means nothing. You know, I'm not really talking about what I'm feeling or, or, or what, what's ailing me. And so he was looking at me. This guy is three years younger than me. And he says, tell me something real. And I'm like, well, I feel this way. And he cuts me off. In the middle of it, he goes, froth. I was like, what? He was tell me something real. He kept going, how free do you want to be? How free do you want to be? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll try to get a little bit deeper. I'll try to get a little bit closer to the sun. You know what I mean? Um, and <laughs> I do it again. And I'm thinking, well, I'm really opening up. And he cuts me off. And he goes, froth, bullshit. And then I'm, I'm frozen stiff like a deer in headlights. I'm like, this guy sees right through me. I, I've never I've never met somebody with x-ray vision to see through my bullshit. You know what I mean? And he's he just sees right through me. Every time I try to circumvent the truth, circumvent what's really going on, he calls me out right then and there. And he kept saying, repeating, how free do you want to be? How free do you want to be? How free yeah. do you want to be? Like he was turning a screw. You know what I mean? And then finally, I always put it this way, like something burst. And I got honest. And I said that thing that I was never going to say even to mm -hmm. myself, to this mm -hmm. guy who I didn't even know. Why I, I had no idea who he was. And it was just like this levy of, of boiling water broke and just finally, you know, diffused. And like I spit out this black snake, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it slithered away and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, I'm winded. And he looks at me and he goes, that's what I'm talking about. He goes, you might just be able to fuck around and get sober. You might just be able to get free. He kept using the word free, you know? I mean, that hell. Yeah. yeah. Like you're saying, you can't bullshit me. Yeah, that's bro. I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that is exactly why I go to the therapist that I go to because he, he won't let me, um, skate, you know, he won't let me come in. Um, and we get real honest. He's, he's like, Oh, if you're just going to waste my time today, Chris, you know, like, and it's like, I'm, I'm trying to open up and, and it's, what's great. One of the things that I am like, man, I'm, I'm, Go, I'm coming to you on a regular basis and I still don't start where I finished last time, <laughs> you know, like I was so open and then I go back and I do my work on my own and I'm, and I'm, you know, I do my homework that you've given me and I come back in and then my walls up again mm -hmm. and then I, I have to break the wall down just to get 1% better again. And I'm like, right. You know, and that can be frustrating. It can. Um, you mentioned gratitude. Bro, I've been writing gratitude all year and and something different. He, he, he was like, I need you to write something that you're grateful for every single day and it needs to be different. Mm. Cool. And I've been doing that. But I haven't been, I've been writing it, but I haven't accepted it, right? I haven't worn that and been like, you know what? Things are actually pretty solid, you know, like, Right. And shift that narrative in my mind, because I know I can't where I where I know I'm called to be. I can't walk around in fear. I can't be that that lost puppy that's hiding in the corner. Right. I'm a lion. I have to let it out of the cage. But until I embrace that and I'm still that little cub that's hiding in the dark corner, you can be that if you want to. But I know I can't accept that as my reality. Right.
Well, that's one thing you are in control of is when are you finally ready to embrace that, that gratitude, you know, everything else we should be asking for help for, but you know, this is one of those things that like, you know, I would tell somebody and I have been told like, man, that's on you, you know, whatever you want to do, you know? Uh, and, and, and I say a lot of what, you know, when I talk to my sponsees or, you know, I say, don't, you know, if you want to waste my time, we don't have to do this. You know, he said, you know, I'm not your babysitter. I'm not your parent. I'm not your teacher. You know, whenever you decide you want to actually kind of be a grown up and, and, and accept that you are, that you deserve happiness, you know, I can't, I, you're not a marionette. I can't control you in that way. Um, and I love that rhetoric so much because it's so barbed. Um, and, you know, I think that here and now in the age of whatever you want to call this age, you, you know, the, the side effect um, of it all is that you get a lot of second saying of, of BS, um, a lot of like, well, I don't want to invalidate your feelings. I don't want to invalidate your thoughts, especially as a therapist, because you have this like, prof- feel like that, you know, there, there's this professional lens that is constantly looking at you, I'd imagine. And it's hard, you know, and it's like, it, it, I could call this person out for their, for their shit right now. But, you know, um, that could be considered malpractice and abuse. Um, when in reality, man, I, I know that for me, someone needs to invalidate some of these feelings. Someone needs to invalidate some of these thoughts, not in the sense that you're not allowed to feel them. You're not allowed to think them, but to look at me and say, Hey, you realize that you're, 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 you're entertaining a delusion right now. You know what I mean? That really is just fear instead of someone saying, well, it's okay. You know what I mean? Kind of rubbing your back and, 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 and you know, nurturing you through these things when, you know, unfortunately the, the a lot of the time the, you know, the effect of that is you don't really get some kind of a tangible solution. And there, there, there needs to be that element of, Hey, you know, brush the dirt off your knees, stand up, you know, wipe the tears from your eyes and, 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 and move on, you know, just, just toughen up. Cause it's yeah. okay. It's going to be okay. And I love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bro. This was fire. I appreciate like, I'm glad we were able to just be vulnerable with each other just and just talk openly, right? Like this is what this platform is for. And um, thank you for just being honest with us. Hey, likewise. Likewise. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. giving me an opportunity to be honest. And, you know, like you said, this is an opportunity to, you know, to, to let other people um, sort of segue into whatever help they may need, because that's really why we do this thing. It's what keeps me clean at what's it's what keeps you, you know, um, refreshed every day and ready to, you know, a- attack life is, you know, we help other people. We get outside of ourselves because we, we don't hyper obsess about our own issues. And yeah. thank you for giving me the chance to do that today. Genuinely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where can we find you? Where can we support you on social media and all of your endeavors? Mm, well, my Instagram is just at Diablo underscore scribe, you know, I actually speak a little bit of Spanish, so, <laughs> um, I'm allowed to have that name. Uh, and then, you know, if you, I, you know, if you just search me on, what do you call it? Um, Apple music, Spotify, just Luke Holden. Um, you know, there's on my Instagram links to my pages, uh, both musical and writing. And then the company that I 
started with friends is called Nocturne Entertainment and here in Nashville. If you live in Nashville or if you just like following great local music, East Side Riot is um, the page that we function out of primarily on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, that's where you will sort of find my uh, creative and sentimental hub all conglomerated awesome. into a few different things. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, guys, it's that time. We're going to do the affirmation now. So, Luke, I'll say I am. You'll complete the affirmation and then we'll wrap up. Okay. I am. Ready to go today. Just for today. Mm, That's a new one. Ready to go today. (laughs) Just for today. I I was going to say it in Spanish, but. (laughs) Hey, say it in Spanish. I can't say it's bad. Wait, solamente por todo, solamente hoy, solo hoy, solo solamente por hoy. You know, uh, <laughs> I think that's the closest thing to it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. If you would sponsors. like to be a sponsor, please reach out because it is you and our listeners that make episodes like this possible. Luke, thank you again continue to be the light in this dark world, bro. And I'm so grateful that you haven't accepted this as your reality. You are the light. Continue to walk in that, bro, and be blessed. Hey, Chris, thank you, my man. I genuinely appreciate you having me and, you know, you please do the same. Absolutely. All right, guys, until next time. Love y'all. Peace.